Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Korean scroll of all ages, welcome to MCU Beyond Infinity, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and perfect combination of form and function, Travis, to discuss the fifth and penultimate episode for the second season of the MCU's newest Disney Plus streaming series, Loki Science Slash Fiction. Can't say slash fiction without laughing in my head. (laughs) In the penultimate episode of the first season of Loki, left the TVA behind to travel to the void, introducing a strange new setting that explained the true nature of the organization's pruning method. This season's fifth episode, Science Slash Fiction, transports the audience not to a bold new world, but rather to the past lives of Loki's friends at the TVA, with Loki again serving as our guide. As Loki gives us glimpses into the past lives of every member of Team Loki, we can see reflections of the characters they become in the TVA even after their individual histories and idiosyncrasies are stripped away. Now, Loki has been known by many names, the God of Mischief, the Trickster of Asgard, the Prince of Lies. But in the comic books, he also takes on a unique title that stands out from the rest of them, the God of Stories. The transformation comes uh, within the pages of Loki, Agents of Asgard, a series that started around 2014, written by Al Ewing. In Agents of Asgard, Loki gains the very meta ability to use his magic to manipulate narratives, time, and the fabric of reality in a very fourth wall breaking sort of way. He can then wield the power of stories themselves, rewriting them however they choose. These ideas emerge in a major way by the end of science slash fiction, with Loki even vowing to rewrite the story as he rewinds the season's narrative back to before the TVA's destruction. So, Travis, before diving into the episode at hand, what do you think of all this? The penultimate episode, obviously, for many of these Marvel series that we've talked about is often proven to be the strongest of the bunch is that what we got here? Or do you think that this new magic story time power that Loki's acquired is a bit much question mark? <laughs> I, uh, I don't like it as much as last season's uh, penalty mm-hmm. episode, but I do. I did enjoy this one a good deal. There's enough visual flair and uh, in a biased way, I, I enjoy the explanation later on with, giving him the powers of fiction pretty much and hand waving things away to mm-hmm. kind of things. It makes me think of uh, what you always told uh, our friend and uh, former co-host uh, about intentionally hung up on like a continuity thing. And it's, it's just magic and you need wave your hands and that's yeah how it all makes sense. Uh, yeah. You make that like twinkly noise, like, <laughs> You know, Um, and then just explain it away with magic. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of like it. Like, there's still like a lot of unanswered questions, obviously, going into next week's season finale. Right. And 
We don't know the fates of Miss Minutes. We don't know the fates of Ravona Renslayer. We don't know if Victor Timely, because at the end of this episode, we bounce back to mm-hmm. right before when Timely got spaghettified. Um, but now Loki has kind of gained like potentially limitless powers. So this series is kind of about to test like how reformed of a villain he's kind of become. Um almost making him this kind of like omnipresent hero in the form of what we've compared the show to from day one, which is like Dr. Who where he goes back in time to like Victorian London and like fucks around with Charles Dickens and shit like that. Like there's always been that kind of element to the Dr. Who stories. And now that Loki not only can kind of manipulate time itself, he can, go back and basically retry things over and over and over again. And this is stuff that like we've seen before, right? Like with that Dr. Strange episode of what if. Yeah. 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 With the Nexus event where they eventually run into something that can't be changed. Yeah. Um, I'm imagining that the TVA's construction will inevitably inevitably uh, be one of those kind of nexus events um, mm-hmm. by choice or by um, like whatever mumbo jumbo science magic reason you want to allude to. Um, I do like a couple things in this because when this show started, we were like, this Aurora Boris character played by Kiwi Kwan is um, going to be something very important. And he is going to be instrumental in the construction of the TVA, right? This episode kind of blurring that line of, you know, fact and fiction and showing that Aurora Boris was this physicist who was also a struggling science fiction writer. Mm -hmm. Remember all that stuff in the beginning of like season one, where it was like, and here's how the Time Lords created these <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Like, do you think that he is the one who's like writing the lore? the lore? Yes, almost certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. This this episode gave us a lot of things also that like from I don't think it was day one, but like Mobius with the jet skis. Mm-hmm things along those lines. These, these are things that like we've wanted to kind of see for a long time. Did you want more answered here instead of just like thrusting the story forward? Did you want to see, essentially, do you want to see Loki like resolved by the end of this thing? Or do you want room for a third season of Loki? Oh God, I was, I was hoping for more of a resolution than we're probably going to get with the, the lack of uh, Renslayer and Miss Minutes in this episode. It feels like they're going to have to race for the, the finish in the next episode to explain where they're at and how Loki and them are going to come into conflict with them again. And it feels like season three is coming more than I would like. Uh, like, there's a lot to be answered with what essentially is going to be like 45 minutes left, right? Yes. Yes. Granted last year, we said almost the exact same thing when like we season five is when we found out where you went when you got pruned. Right. And yeah. it was 
the void and we're like, oh my God, how are they going to wrap all this up? This is a lot to handle. And then we get the big bang that was he who remains, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think it's possible that Loki is able to move to that point in time and space, the he who remains point in time and space and make the resolution from that point in time? I mean, when you have newfound powers of nonsense, so it's <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. You do whatever you like. Magic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you rather see that or would you rather see a resolution with like taking out the TVA? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think taking out Renslayer and taking out Miss Minutes would be like annihilating a sub boss when we know the big boss is he yeah, who yeah. remains. And we know he who remains isn't going to be defeated because we're going to get like a, we're getting yeah. a Kang Dynasty. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> hopefully, question mark. We'll around about, a bit. Yeah. We think maybe. We'll talk about that in the, uh, the news section here. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 there there are a number of ways that this can inevitably go. It all is very hand wavy. I think it would be funny if Loki isn't as important as he thinks he is right now because mm-hmm. Sylvie has Kang's thing, right? Yeah, yeah. His time dial jewelry thing. Yeah. His like beefed up temp pad, right? Mm-hmm. And at one point ob's like variant and the timeline is like what you need is like a super version like you can be a super version of that tempad thing and i was like sylvie has a super version of that tempad like there's literally a character with one of those things that exists already um and this episode does end with the like what makes loki a loki and it's like you always lose right that was how Mm -hmm. that that line was finished and i just think it would be funny if like that's the season finale is him losing again because mm-hmm. he lost last season too. Um, I There has to be a third season of this thing because this is one of the rare Marvel television series that not only works in a serialized format and, and, and feels like a television show, but is getting the audience reception again, right? Yeah, yeah. People like, really like this Tom guy. Could you imagine if the writer strike wasn't going or the the actor strike wasn't going on and these people were actually able to promote this goddamn thing too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I it would certainly help, I suspect. What do you think of um uh what is it, Jason Moorhead and Benson, Aaron Moorhead yeah. and Jason Benson? Um again, they're returning to direct. The only two episodes that weren't directed by them this season were episodes two and three and the rest were them those are like kind of like indie science fiction heady darlings that you and i are kind of fans of and Mm -hmm. they make weird movies that the general public i don't think would like very much so (laughs) it's funny that they're kind of in this marvel well but they are putting their stamp on it and this episode opens with the flash of white um that we ended last week on after you know the the temporal everyone yeah yeah yeah. and loki is like by himself in this desolate tva the jump cuts here were pretty slick from a style and cinematography standpoint felt very um very much like um 
I'm trying to think of an example like uh, Kubrick shining when Danny is like on his tricycle and he's like riding around and he's like in the kitchen and then it's yeah. like a jump cut and he's in the the hallway and it's like a jump cut and he's in the game room you know what I mean mm-hmm. um you keep the main character focused in the center and then you just like cut 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 and like you is a cool way to show the passage of time but also like the meaninglessness of what this character is doing kind of yeah i like having these guys at the hand um or at the head rather and i think that their hands on approach to these series and not just like they're working well inside this marvel machine that's hard yeah yeah i uh they directed an episode of moonlight too if memory serves but uh, making a fault them for that yeah <laughs> yeah not a, too much but it's yeah and i don't blame them for because they're like also pro- on the producing team for for loki here and i think a lot of what's done with marvel is how the thing ends up inevitably being assembled mm-hmm. um no pun intended yes yes pun intended <laughs> yeah, pun intended. <laughs> Whether it was intended or not yes yes yeah um so having them kind of there throughout the process and and having more of a creative input as opposed to Moon Knight, who had like a definitive showrunner, like that, yeah, 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 who seemed to be on a weird wave, like, <laughs> his... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, definitely there's he said a few things that were just very odd, kind of. Uh, his like Egyptian representation thing, and then shooting like the entire thing and in. in Georgia, basically, like in yeah. like volume sets, was just so. <laughs> yes, wanting to see that was it. That was it. He wanted to show Egypt as it's never been shown before, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I have roof parkour scenes like every <laughs> Indiana Jones movie ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing is action boring, also apparently, but yeah, yeah, it didn't have a little monkey with a fez that would like stole an apple. <laughs> That's the only thing I kind of wish it had. Oh. Um, th- this intro, though, going back to The Shining, like Natalie Holt, who composes the music for this thing, I really like, and I think she's done like a really interesting job. There was this weird, like moaning noise kind of going on in the beginning there that also reminded me of the opening credits for The Shining. Like there's this weird moaning over the synthesizers and the strings um really lonely kind of haunted kind of feeling and i mentioned it to you before we started recording there is this like emergency alert number like you know protocol something something has been activated like please get to safety blah 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 that makes me think that this place is empty because like when the temporal radiation or whatever they nonsense they call it uh (laughs) overloads inside the tva he who remains or whoever miss minutes or whoever is in charge the plan wasn't like you know we'll go about whatever die together at the end of time whatever it's supposed to be we're going to send you back to your original timelines and we're going to let you like live out the last moments of your life on the Mm -hmm. original timelines that you came from you know what i mean yeah, yeah, and we kind of do see that uh, with the way they're in their original timeline and the world's still kind of ending. With... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and we get various different branch timelines for all of the various team loki that's what i'm going to call these guys team loki these uh <laughs> these how many is it? it's five people it's casey hunter b15 mobius um aurora boris and sylvie right there's yes. five of them Victor Timely doesn't get a vote yes no victor timely sucks yeah. um i think they're limiting as much jonathan majors as possible here um the first one that we see as uh loki starts like time jumping is casey who's the mousy kind of nerdy one mm -hmm. but in his timeline he's frank morris the famous convict who escaped from alcatraz and was played by clint eastwood in that movie that one time right yeah 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 he just appears and is never seen again in real life but yeah they don't know if he ever made it right mm -hmm. yeah he, he's from ground <laughs> yeah uh <-huh. laughs> um kind of cool though because like the way that guy actually did escape is like he made a paper mache model of his head or something mm -hmm. and they did show some of that um this is a stupid easter egg it's like so blatantly obvious but you know the internet loves to tell you when you miss things he has that one line where he's like we got to get over here or else i'll gut you like a fish and that's the first thing loki told him in season one right ah oh, so they've been planning it that long huh <laughs> yeah that, that was the end game here you know uh, you see it's the same it rhymes it's yeah. it's its own poem it's, it's symmetry. all connected yeah it's all connected yeah um Hunter B-15 is a, uh, like a pediatrician in New York city. Mm -hmm. And this was the weirdest one to me. Um, she had previously gone and seen her variant. Like she knew where she came from. That's how she converted. Yes. This actress had that really, really emotional sequence in the first season that we kept calling the tears in the rain speech because it was very <laughs> blade runnery yeah. um, at the, uh, the Walmart. And uh, well, the Roxmart or whatever it was. It's like, what if Walmart yeah. was ran by a uh, evil Minotaur, um, who I'm still waiting sort for? Sort of like regular Walmart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like regular Walmart. Um, God, imagine Walmart was ran by a Minotaur. I'd actually shop there if I knew that a Minotaur. There's a chance to see a Minotaur. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would go there every day of the week. I haven't gone to Walmart in forever because, like, I see people like post. Like, oh, I bought these Blu-rays at Walmart. Great deals. And I just want to be like, stop shopping at Walmart. They are, like, literally evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, um, When they got rid of the 24 hours, they lost my business. Because, like, the only time I would ever go there is, like, 3 in the morning because I wanted to shop mm -hmm. in peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to run into people at a Walmart in the middle of the day. It's probably terrifying, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just um, too many of them. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> When I was in Kentucky, though, like Walmart was like the only thing, kind of. It was like the only option um, that would serve my kind, quote unquote, yeah. um, which is fucked up. Um, my, uh, was, my local Walmart is one of the biggest in the, that they have. Uh, well, yeah. Are they, where are mm -hmm. they from? Where are they based they're out from, of? Like, yeah, Arkansas is where they were are. founded. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of their, one of their babies. Um, the thing that, well, there's two things that freak me out about this uh, sequence with B-15 as a podiatrist. One of them, I'll say this is the kind of like really Easter eggy one. And this <laughs> season has been like doing this, like where they did it with Sylvie and they brought her to Broxton, Oklahoma. Yes. And like, 
you know, people who read the comics like you and I are like, oh, that's where New Asgard was. It floated above Broxton, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and it's like nothing to do with what happened in the comic. <laughs> they said the thing, so you like, right? Like you There's think, a little dopamine race. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't desensitized to these sorts of uh, baiting. Mm-hmm. If I didn't deprive myself of so much dopamine in my youth, I would release <laughs> that nostalgia thing for me. Unfortunately, it's just cynicism for guys like you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the Loki lore here, it comes from the same series that I mentioned off the top of the podcast in my intro, which is that Al Ewing Agents of Asgard series that I wasn't crazy about. Like you mentioned, um, you like have the trade paperback yeah, on your yeah, yeah, I've got the complete direction or whatever, and I've read it about half of it, and I didn't dislike it. I just kind of lost crack of it for a bit, yeah, and never came made it back. Uh, and you're telling me that the character of Verity Willis didn't stick out? You don't remember Verity Willis? She's literally the other main character in that yeah, series. I, whenever you told me about her, uh, some of it did uh, start to like click in my mind as far as memory but mm-hmm. yeah i uh yeah definitely not by name <laughs> it, my, my thing with the loki agent of asgard that i, I like it in theory mm-hmm. but i don't like it in practice i like al ewing as a writer like he did the immortal hulk run that i think is one of the best modern comic book runs like yeah one of the best things marvel's done in a long time but that post Marvel now, when they started introducing characters like Kamala Khan and they had, um, you know, Fraction Aja's like lightning in a bottle stuff happened with Hawkeye. Yeah. And uh, one of those lightning in a bottle things was Jamie McKelvey and um, Kieran Gillen's Young Avengers, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We've also talked about uh children's crusade too much on this podcast i feel obligated (laughs) to bring up that run not that young avengers we're talking about jamie mckelvey and kieran gillen's young avengers which was this like what if marvel was a hipster company kind of like what if it was like an image series like with the marvel banner on it with superheroes and then marvel tried to like replicate that like they tried to do it with Kamala khan and they had a couple like kind of dud like inclusivity characters and shit you know where i mean even like what's her name x23 or whatever like the logan clone the Mm -hmm. spanish logan clone like she kind of got pushed to that a little bit um the loki agent of asgard was one of those and verity willis is this woman who kid loki who's like now like a 20 year old meets in like a speed dating thing at a bar she looks like a suicide girl kind of she's got like sleeve, <laughs> dude i you, yeah. you know what i'm talking about she's got like sleeve tattoos and she wears like uh she's like a burlesque dancer or some shit um but her whole deal is like her dad was the son of eric wilson and kept the cask of ancient winters and had a magic ring in it and for some reason Verity Willis swallowed it as a baby and got this superpower where she can see through everyone's lies so she becomes Loki's best friends because he's like basically the god of lies and for some reason they made Hunter B-15 that character yeah are you, are you saying there are many similarities absolutely none absolutely yeah, yeah. None. no they could hook her up with Loki uh, or Sylvie or or Sylvie. Yeah. yeah. 
Who would be top? Who would be Soviet her leave Loki, and so he turns back to villainy. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> Wear like a t-shirt. Sorry, I didn't go to church. I started practicing witchcraft and became a lesbian or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Moved to Vermont or some shit. Um, <laughs> so that was my first kind of like, oh, that was weird that they included that. And the mm-hmm. second thing is um, she's on a timeline where it's New York City in 2012. And <laughs> you don't mention New York City 2012 in the MCU without bringing up the battle of New York, which is a quintessential moment in Loki's history. Mm-hmm. It's also the last moment in this Loki's history that he would have existed. Right. Uh, because no, he was like, he made it to infinity war. No, uh, no, this Loki. Oh, didn't. Wait, yeah. 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 You're correct. You're correct. I'm, I'm misremembering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other Loki, end games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're correct. It is uh, 2012 after the the fight in New York. He's yeah, yeah. So you think there would be some sort of like animosity towards a Loki popping up around that time? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Loki never gets recognized. He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, Thor Ragnarok. He shows up in a big city and no one acknowledges his existence while he's standing next to Thor. He shows up in the city that he like tried to destroy. Like there was like a good like 10 year period where like if you had a turban in that city, people like tried to like kill you. Um like to bring it into real life. Like you yeah. think like if you looked like a Loki, people would probably treat you like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'd try and burn your Loki mosque or whatever, you know, yeah. like the explanation for it is a glamorous spell, something like that where people don't perceive him as who he is. He's Not just too handsome. Going to explain it. <laughs> yeah, he's just too handsome. Yeah, yeah. Um, he couldn't be evil. The third, uh, the third fella that uh, they go back to a branch timeline to meet his variant is Aurora Boris. Uh, he is introduced trying to purchase a science fiction novel in a bookstore. Um, really nerdy Lee and they can't scan the barcode. And when they open it and see his face on the jacket, they realize he is trying to stock his own books inside of a bookstore. And he's Mm -hmm. a failed science fiction writer. Um, That's his part-time job. He's a full-time theoretical physics professor by the name of um, AD Doug or something along those lines. He had like a really silly name. Yeah. Do you like like him more this week? Than that I past do. week. Okay. I do. I do because he has um yeah, he's character I, beyond just yeah. Yeah, dumping exposition and science <laughs> mumbo jumbo at you. Mm-hmm. He still does that, but the way he does it is like endearing, kind mm-hmm. of. And I think a lot of that has to do with the idea of storytelling, like speculative fiction and well, science fiction by nature is speculative fiction and you write it because you're trying to imagine either a future or a world where some idea from the real world has is run rampant and, yeah. and you know you speculate on a reality um which we're watching a science fiction show so you get that meta <laughs> level and it's funny that the two most successful creatively most successful marvel television shows that are loki and wandavision have now both approached it from that meta level right mm-hmm. like that was one of the things that made wandavision 
really stand out. It was like not only a new age for Marvel Studios and that it was its first television series. It was a television series about television series made for television, like really interesting. And now we're hearing the story that's about stories. And I like dumb shit like that. Like we just watched uh, Asteroid City this year, the new Wes Anderson movie. Yes, yes. One of the reasons I like that movie so much, and I think it's so successful, is because, like, it's a story about people telling stories about people telling stories, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of works on all of those various levels. Like, it takes a little bit of, like, grease in the gears to get it going. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it works pretty well. And the final, and oddly the most climactic, I think, because this is something that people have wanted for a really long time, is uh, Mobius J. Mobius. I believe that's his uh, real name. Um, his surname is Mobius. Um, we finally get to see that he was, in fact, a jet ski salesman in uh, 2022 Cleveland, Ohio, who's like a single dad, right? Yeah, yeah. So kind of fun thing with the year 2022 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they didn't go into this so much. Did you ever think that... Um, like the wife didn't die that the wife got blipped yeah i uh i didn't until you said 2022 just now then i I realized that that's almost certainly what happened (laughs) yeah right yeah um yeah because i kept thinking that because like i don't know they they keep dancing around these big events within the Mm -hmm. marvel cinematic universe i don't think anything happened in 1994 or 1962 right uh, not that they've shown us no. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did uh Captain Marvel come? <laughs> well, that was like not a public thing, so that's yeah. Mm, but maybe, maybe it, it could have been. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see off the top of my head, and when I write like Captain Marvel 1994, I get this like issue where like Nova became Captain Marvel or something like that. Uh. It doesn't doesn't look too exciting. The Captain Marvel series from the mid 90s. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, like, Loki intends to travel back in time before the the Loom's destruction. But when he meets up with Aurora Boris, he's explaining how, like, that's not really possible unless Loki is able to start controlling his time slipping. Because they don't know what point in time that exists, kind of. Yeah, Yeah. Like, traveling to a place that doesn't exist and a time that doesn't exist wouldn't be possible but the hypothesis is that while the tva may not still exist within a point in time all of those people were there and for some reason he keeps time slipping to those people like there is a reason why he is waking up his subconscious intent uh, on his part somehow he just hasn't figured out how to control it to guide it he hasn't reached his um, Super Saiyan or whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, which is funny because, like, Dragon Ball Z, like, I know people, like, think that show is, like, tough and stuff. Like, the end of every episode. It's like, it. yes, yes. But it's, like, a lot of, like, you know, and the real power is friendship. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, it's, it's like, all about just being buddies. And that's, like, what this sh- episode essentially is about. It's a show that relies so much on 
not even refrigerating, but it's the same sort of concept where people just motivate you and make you stronger, so you yes. can finally defeat the villain. Yes. Yes. And uh, collect. And, and the you balls. never beat the villain by like wit or uh, guile or any of that. It's just always I got stronger. Now it's- yeah. It's just trauma strength. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I enjoyed that show uh, back in the day and everything, but yeah, that is what it is for me. I enjoyed that show too much. There's like thousands of episodes that I've watched. I spent like thousands of hours watching yeah. the television show. It's absolutely it's insane. It's one of those shows that I've seen every episode of it just randomly as it was there. Not even added, like reruns and stuff. Just, yeah. Um. Yeah, so... The hypothesis essentially is like, get the rest of Team Loki here, and then we'll be able to use this temporal aura of all of these people as like mind to narrow down where in time and space it's constantly Diego. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a like a time uh fingerprint, I think is how you put it before, right? Yes, yeah. It's not a completely perfect comparison, but yeah, that's Finding it in time and space, if you have a a, a way to track. So, before, like, inevitably Loki like ends up like glitching out and mm-hmm. disappearing. But right before he does it, he shows Aurora Boris the TVA handbook because he grabbed the handbook before he left um, the TVA as it was being destroyed, mm-hmm. and. Ouroboros is all hyped because he's like actually like a published author or something like that. It's also the same <laughs> picture in the back as as it was in his like the jacket. Oh author yeah, picture. yeah, that was. I, really didn't, even, I didn't notice. That's funny. Yeah, that uh, was very funny. Um, so he hands it to him and he's like, "Take this and try and figure this stuff out." And then he ends up time slipping and he goes to Mobius's timeline, and. I liked all this stuff with Mobius quite a bit. I think his kid is going to grow up to be a serial killer. Um, the one who's like burning the toys. Yes. Like, yes. Kind of concerned for that. Um, and like, as they're having the dialogue, Aurora Boris like jumps through, like, what do they call those? Like a time door. Right. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, Terry Gilliam's time bandits kind of. Okay. Yeah. They had time doors in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So he jumps through the time door and they're like, oh, my God, you did that so fast. And he's like, well, it was 19 months and my wife left me because it was like all I was working on. But success, like I I liked all that. And I like the bit where he tells Mobius, like where I'm from, your name is Mobius. And Mobius is like, that's a cool name. Right. And he tells Aurora Boris, like your name's Aurora Boris, but I call you OB. And he's like, that's a cool name. We have theorized that this show is going to end with the creation of the TVA. Mm-hmm. Is Loki giving all these people their names? I I think so. Uh, I think this whole thing is going to be a big circle, uh, especially now with his fiction powers. Where is the TVA at? It's in a fictional place altogether. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. That Loki's going to create pretty much is what I'm expecting. Uh, Hmm. yeah it's like what came first the chicken or the egg like really similar to the victor timely shit where he's mm-hmm. like i was influenced by you you were influenced by me who did it first it's like a snake eating its own tail kind of thing yeah, yeah. um 
they'll never uh, tell us. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. what we're And that's, mm-hmm. it's fine as long as the ride there is fun and mm-hmm. interesting. So they get everybody to agree, and the only one who's left is Sylvie. And we get a McDonald's commercial, basically. Yes, again. Again. It's so fucking weird, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh back when they were affordable. I <laughs> I guess. Yeah, McDonald's were the outpriced by McDonald's. Yeah. It's crazy. And like you couldn't afford that car and like an apartment and buying records and she orders like bourbon at one point in time. Like you couldn't afford all that if like you're working at McDonald's. You know what I mean? She is in the eighties, right? So maybe I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I thought in the eighties they paid like four dollars an hour or something like that. Like her boss is a teenager, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um yeah, Sylvia refuses to join them because she thinks that Loki should just leave these people alone in yeah. their original lives, but like And the TBA is an unnecessary part of the universe. And I'm a little confused on the universe is unraveling because there's no TBA or whatever, but I thought the big threat after season one was going to be Kang stuff, and that's not really where we're headed. It's just we need the TBA. But, like, why is it unraveling? I guess. Why is it unraveling? Like, if the TBA didn't exist and the universes didn't get like sucked into this temporal loom, mm-hmm. would they just be existing out there? That was my impression after season one is that these universes were all going to run wild and that was going to be okay. There's just going to be a lot of variants from those universes that are going to be trying to destroy the other universes. And like when they create this thing, are they just going to be like going back to kill Kang? You know what I mean? Like, are they going to like kill Kang in every single universe mm-hmm. just to make sure he doesn't exist? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know on that. I I feel like Loki's going to wind up reluctantly at the head of the in the He Who Remains role for a bit, uh, mm. and then after Kang Dynasty, it's going to revert to being He Who Remains or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe like Loki will be a my my prediction is like Loki creates all of these things and this is all part of he who remains his plan mm-hmm. to keep himself kind of in charge. And Loki is basically just this puppet who's like running this treadmill that like every single like this just keeps happening and ending and yeah. happening and ending and like doing the bidding of Kang for him or he who remains or whatever the Yeah, fuck yeah. I think you're kind of on the money there. You mentioned last episode about the cycle of Ragnarok and everything. And mm-hmm. this isn't Ragnarok, but it's the end of the world, maybe. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what Loki done. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Loki did in the comics. Like, the cycle of Ragnarok is, like, the the world tree, mm-hmm. you know, grew and the universe existed. And then Loki caused Ragnarok. And then when Ragnarok destroyed itself the world tree grew again and it's just a circular loop. That's like the point of Norse. It's a very yeah, yeah. nihilistic mythology, but that's essentially like <laughs> the mythology. You know yeah. what I mean? What the, th- uh, the time loom uh, energy sideways, it kind of looks like a tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. kind of does. Um, 
Sylvie goes to this record store and um, she can afford to buy a record <laughs> on a McDonald's, you know, uh, cashier salary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or hourly wages or whatever they do. Um, she gets a Velvet Underground's Loaded, uh, one of my favorite albums of all time, and puts it on. And the first song on there is Oh Sweet Nothing, which is an awesome song. But I just got to say, that is the end of that record. <laughs> that is the last song on side two of that album. The first song is Sweet Jane. So where she put that needle down would play Sweet Jane and would not play yeah, yeah. this song. So maybe it's because well, it's a different the skip button, right? Yeah, yeah, she could just hit the skip button. But also, it's a big circle, like the circular nature of everything that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Record and, and, um, what, different uh, members, different, uh, different track testing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of what like do you uh, think? the Alcatraz thing and the guy uh, not being a... <laughs> That's something Irish guy, yeah. <laughs> but now he's Casey. So <laughs> now he's like this, like Puerto Rican guy. Um, what do you think of the special effects for the spaghetti and the end of the universe? I think they look really good uh, for television, especially compared to some of the stuff we've been seeing out of Marvel, especially recently. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I like I like how tangible it looks. Yes. Yes. Like, it looks like things are actually falling apart. Like, we didn't talk about it before, but, like, the TVA starts, like, spaghettifying before Loki leaves. Mm -hmm. And we see, like, the television screen and everything around him falling apart. And I think it looks great. Trippy Not... and weird and very fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, we've seen good CGI in Marvel TV before, but it has been a while. Like, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, uh, well, there's some stuff in Moon Knight that looks good, like the the creature god things. I like the way they look. Right at the ends, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, I don't know, it's just different. That's like making a model that looks good. And, mm -hmm. uh, not disintegrating everything, but. Yeah, making like a concept that looks good. Mm -hmm. Like we got the um the blip in WandaVision and like yes. the going back from the blip. And I remember you and I like freaking out at that episode and being like How this good is it looked. yeah. Like so good. You know, the stuff in um Falcon and the Winter Soldier that was like blatantly CGI looked good, mm -hmm. like that canyon battle and well, things like that. But those are models yeah. and unreal environments and things like that. Yeah, you know? the uh, the D blipping or whatever, uh in Mondavision, it was comparable to a uh a practical effect in the Brandon Cronenberg movie uh, Possessor, where mm. they melt a Muppet, and <laughs> it's a very uh, realistic-looking body that they just, yeah. Mm hmm Yeah. The, yeah. um... That's practical effect. You can basically fucking touch the thing, and... Yeah. 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 It was, like, multiple Muppets with multiple layers of skin, kind of like a super version of the Raiders of the Lost Ark sequence with yes. the Nazis melting. Mm-hmm. Um... I think that there's a big difference between like these kinds of concepts and like action sequences mm -hmm. and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is like the big one and the flash are like big ones that we got to bring up because they're those comfortable are comfortable like, in, in the, what they're supposed to be depicting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Especially the flash with the time carousel thing when he's like mm -hmm. 
in there and just how weird it looked and like two dimensional it looked. Um, and then in um, how offensive to the senses in general. Yeah. Oh my god! Did you see Nick Cage? How like he got kind of mad at it this week. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't. He was like apparently all excited. Like they brought him on set for like three hours and they're like, you're Kal-El and you're watching the destruction of your universe. And like, he's waited his whole life for this. And then like, yeah. And then he saw the movie and it's like a CGI version of him, like fighting a Targaryen space spider or whatever. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. I knew you would know the name of it. Mm. Um, Yeah. And, uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp with the, the whole quantum verse and it just looked like gobbledygook. It looked like nothing. Like it yeah, just yeah. was like stuff floating I mean, around. The comparisons to uh, like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It was, mm-hmm. it was a solid comparisons. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. And that was like a cheap Burr movie made in like 2007. You know what yes. I mean? Like, not by Marvel Studios. As opposed to this, like, especially the Sylvie bit, like, when you see people falling apart and all the mm-hmm. objects and everything falling apart, it's fucking cool, man. It's, it's, it's really fucking cool. Um, yeah. So she uses her tempad thing, right? She joins Team Loki and, um, basically changes her mind because, her timeline is destroyed she's like you know what like you were right like no shit you were right like basically <laughs> yeah, like, he's know been everything. warning you that the disaster was coming for everyone if the cba wasn't in place but yeah yeah but like you just kept saying no and like saying like maybe we should just all die like i, I was very confused <laughs> by this entire thing mm-hmm. um yeah so ob goes to take the temp pad to read everybody's temporal aura but then all of a sudden he gets spaghettified and then what's his name gets spaghettified mobius and everyone starts getting spaghettified sylvie succumbs to spaghettification and all of a sudden loki like basically freaks out and then wakes up 10 minutes in the past right yeah 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 and realizes at this point like this is a different kind of time travel that we haven't seen yet. Right. Where so far we've seen somebody time traveling and like, you could see yourself, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like, like back to the future style. Like you go back to a point in time. Now there's two of you in that point in time. Now Loki has the ability essentially to like, transplant himself mentally to wherever he wants to be at a point in time um this is so much like the show lost like there is a character who does this Mm -hmm. and essentially like this is like his deal like he's the loki of of lost he's scottish he's not an englishman um but his name is desmond and he's he's very handsome as well um yeah so as they're all spaghettifying, he's essentially able to transport himself to the point in time where Victor Timely is about to walk out the time door, right? And they see the temporal loom, like, once again, like, right before its destruction, essentially mm-hmm. giving them another chance at this entire thing. Yes, to do. Another kind of big 
cliffhanger question mark right yeah yeah i uh i mean they just powered up the uh Loki the, yeah 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 he's he's over nine thousand now on the <laughs> on the dbz scale no yeah on the dbz scale um my thing is like we just got an episode of like massive like i'm going here in time i'm going here in time yeah. i'm going here in time i don't want another episode like that i don't think i want another episode like that not this season for sure i mean yeah but the point in time in which he goes that's essentially like like miss minutes is gone renslayer is gone victor mm-hmm. timely's like about to go like i kind of want more of them a little bit in this finale. Yeah, well, I was hoping for an entirely different king somewhere other than Victor Time in this season because, mm-hmm. especially knowing that Jonathan Majors may not be around <laughs> for mm-hmm. much longer in MCU, would have been nice to have a version of this character with him that I liked a lot, but I don't know. It would be fun if they end up exactly where they ended up at the end of season one as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, back in the room at the Citadel at the end of time with Kang giving the same speech, but now you can do it differently. And Kang reveals like a little bit more of his plan. Like essentially like we took six episodes to just disseminate like a little (laughs) bit more information out of Kang, you know? Um, But it took this long plan here. Yeah. But I also, yeah, to this long con, um, I kind of like that Loki is like powered by friendship now, you know, <laughs> like it sounds stupid, but it's kind of cool. You know, mm-hmm. like there's that sequence that we skipped over where they're like at the bar and she's like, why do you want to do this? And he's like, cause I want to save time and space. And she's like, no, it's not. It's like, cause I want to redeem myself. It's like, no, it's not. It's like, cause I don't have any other friends other than you guys. And I basically just want to keep going on adventures. Yeah. With yeah. You. We're hanging out with you. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think Loki would want to hang out if things were, and if things were chill, I don't think Loki would want to hang out. I think like Loki needs it to be at like 11 all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd assume like the TVA is a place that's always going like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, I would think so. Especially like if he's in charge, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't build know. the Muppets. It's a recreation of the TVA, the, the timekeepers, whatever. We haven't gotten any space Muppets yet this season. Mm-hmm. And that is a bummer. That is a total bummer. Um, but I, I am excited to see like, limitless powered loki and hopefully what's going on with the he who remains variants because i think we're about to segue to kang big time in this episode i hope so i hope so mm-hmm. yeah as as do i, I mean, um i want to, to push forward the uh the multiverse saga as much as possible because so many of the projects haven't at all so <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, there hasn't been a climax to any of the phases. Like, they just told us, like, this movie is the end of this phase. And it's like, but there's nothing to, like, disseminate what phase four was. Right? 
Marvel's always done this weird thing where they end the phase on a on a random movie, but the movie before it's a big one, where it's mm-hmm. a, like a big team up or something like that, typically. Yeah, where like phase one ended with Ant Man, but like Avengers just happened. Oh, no, phase one ended with Iron Man three, right? Yes, yes, but it was like right after the Avengers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was no Avengers at the end of phase four. There was no culmination of that phase at all yeah i can't even remember what the last movie in the phase was it was, was it wakanda forever okay. yeah yeah which i guess but that feels more like the end of phase three kind of you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it's just it's saying goodbye to like what at that point in time is kind of like a legacy character mm-hmm. so it didn't really make any sense so some sort of culmination of all this nonsense as people who are in on this franchise, as much as like, I don't care sometimes, like I just want to enjoy the ride. Mm -hmm. The thing that really holds this shit together is the, like, you got to catch them all feeling. Right. And there has been no sense of needing to. And that's kind of, it's kind of nice. Cause like, you know, uh, our, our, old co-host Kira like you know she's fallen off on some of these and she's like I can't even watch them because I'll be lost and I'm like no you won't like they're mainly just throwing new stuff each one yeah and like all you really do is like you have to watch Loki and kind of Quantumania I think to know what's and Doctor Strange like those are like the important ones I Mm -hmm. think Loki and that's yeah 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 and we did that and we did that but um like those are the only ones that really had anything to do with anything at this point, unless mm-hmm. like the 10 rings end up being something maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like at this point, next time that's brought up is going to be like five, six years after. And people are going to be like the 10 rings. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. keep this stuff fresh in our mind before. And we'll- we get a follow up on that before the uh, the spinoff TV show about the Ten Rings. Uh, uh, are we getting a Sean Chi sequel before that? I guess. Uh, how much of the stuff is going to be canceled in the uh, the reshuffling and the reorganization that Marvel's getting ready to go through? Apparently. And how much would it suck if, in that, they lose the steam that they've gotten from this? Like, because mm-hmm. this is the juice right here. In in my eyes, like what's going on with Loki is the glue of whatever's happening at Marvel phase four, five, and six. Yes. Like this is the glue of the multiverse saga. Mm-hmm. Do not lose this and say we're doing something else because I will be so mad if all this was for <laughs> nothing. Because I like where all this is leading. Like, yeah, yeah. This I, yeah. is the this is the fun theorizing that makes having our podcast fun, you know, like, cause it's been light on the theories. Like, remember like talking about hexagons and shit? Like, yes, I do. I do. And there's not really been all that much to speculate on in that way. <laughs> nothing. Like uh-huh. absolutely nothing. And like, Ant-Man and the Wasp like kind of ended like, well, I guess there is that bit where Scott's walking and he's like, he did say there'd be back, but it's okay. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I really hope that they don't lose track of, of what's happening here in the grand scheme of things over at Marvel. Yeah. And- with 
Kane being the villain, uh, I mean, we'll talk about more in the news, but I hope they mm-hmm. stick with it regardless of, uh, yeah. Yeah, regardless of how Majors might be a human monster person. We, we don't know. <laughs> He goes into court and he's like, I'm not a human monster person. I just play one on TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you want to jump into our final thoughts and our reviews? Uh, sure, sure. All right, man. Let's do it. Tell us how you really feel. Let's rate this. So we here at MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast rate and review all of our installments from one to five jet skis. One jet ski being the worst, five jet skis being the best. We do accept half recreational watercraft personal vehicles, also known as jet skis here on the show. With that being said, Travis, for the penultimate episode of Loki Season 2 Science Slash Fiction, I've should be proud of myself. I didn't make a single slash fiction joke this entire time. Despite wanting to do at one point in time, an entire episode on slash fiction about Bucky and, and um, what's his name? Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Sam Wilson making out in a boat. Um, What say you for episode five, season two of Loki one out of five. Okay. It will be a soft four out of five. Like a, I like this episode a good deal. The effects and everything were nice. The uh, story was fine. I'm just how I feel about this one will probably depend highly on how this next episode goes. Uh, if it has enough of a payoff for this to be have felt like a worthwhile ride. I am with you. Like I give this thing a soft four out of five as well and my big caveat is whether or not this sticks the landing season yeah. one of loki is the show that really did stick the landing absolutely and we had said because wandavision was fucking fantastic but that mm-hmm. finale in comparison to the penultimate episode was kind of a lot of fire in the sky yeah yeah wizards very more generic than the rest mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. As opposed to season one of Loki, where the finale like took a step back and was like, oh, here's a crazy concept you've never heard of. And there mm-hmm. are a lot of unanswered questions going into the finale next week. You know, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but what's going on with Miss Minutes? What's going on with Renslayer? Where do you go when you're pruned now? Um, mm-hmm. Are we going to see any more of He Who Remains? At the end of the day, much like my beloved Lost, where that television show I was so into, it was before podcasts, but I had a blogspot, losttheories.blogspot.net. And my friends and I would theorize on this thing and write big math equations and had a lot of fun. And then the last season was not very good. And it did not deliver the goods that we... We're expecting with all of the big, heady science fiction and time travel, a lot of the stuff we're talking about now. Looking back on it a couple of years later, like now it's like almost 20 years, which is crazy, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the ride so much, and I sincerely like all of the characters on Loki. I, yeah. I really like Loki. 
I liked Sylvie more last year, but I still think she's a compelling character. I think Mobius rules. I think he's a great character. I like this world, this corner, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Of the MCU. And it's telling that, you know, since 2008, we've gotten like whatever, like 30 something installments in this franchise. And one of the things that kept this franchise alive and for so long was carving out these little niche corners and these little sub genres within the overall framework. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've said it a billion times, but your Captain America movies are the espionage films and your Iron Man movies are the military industrial complex, fake Batman movies. And your Ant-Man movies are the heist movies and the comedies and your guardians are the space operas. And you can make all these mini little sub genres, you know, and it's cool that they figured something out here with Loki and they figured out something new and interesting and it doesn't look like anything else going on in the MCU, like aesthetically, which I really appreciate because with the exception of guardians and Wakanda forever, even the good stuff, like the Shang Chi's of the worlds and the Miss Marvels of the world all kind of look seamsy. Yeah. And this doesn't like this is very interesting visually. It's so it's such a well-made production that even if next week is like, Oh man, they really gave me blue balls, which is like best case scenario. I think is like stay tuned. Loki will return. You know, I think that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is Loki doesn't return and we don't get a satisfying ending. And we get some news that we're not doing Kang or something along those lines. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll still have enjoyed what we've gotten so far, Mm -hmm. but will it tarnish its legacy? Absolutely. So when I say soft four out of five, it's kind of like if next week is the latter of what I said, it'll tarnish the legacy overall of this series, but I still like this series. And this episode is, a good culmination of it. Like Loki learned to be nice, essentially. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like the, the first season, especially at least has some rewatch value there. Even if this season isn't as good, that there was so much promise at the end of that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah and like, I've just been rewatching game of Thrones for the first time after a long time from an ending and just, Enjoying it, knowing that it goes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little stuff, huh? Game of Thrones is a good example, like Lost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you love where... The characters, the world, and all that, but the yeah, way it all but... plays off, it's, it's not what it no. should have been, but... Yeah, not like this. Not like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you really appreciate the two seasons of developing Brienne of Tarth and Jamie Lannister walking through the woods together for them to be separated for a whole two seasons. And eventually it doesn't matter at the end anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you're enjoying watching those two seasons. Like you're liking watching Jamie Lannister right now, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I'm sure in a couple of years, if next week screws the pooch, I'll enjoy watching Sylvie and the gang 
you know, and, 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 all that. Uh. Mm-hmm. and and last season I thought was fun because like we got introduced to the members of the TVA, but they weren't the characters they are this year. Like they feel mm-hmm. fleshed out. Like Mobius feels like part of the gang right now. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked a little bit more time with uh, B-15 or just give her something compelling in her real life other than just being a pediatrician. <laughs> yeah, she could have swallowed the cask of eternal winter, Travis. Yeah, and, and got some tattoos. And yeah. Um, Maybe no one's right. Than OnlyFans, yeah. <laughs> Made more money than us combined on OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, the thing that is going to get me is if Marvel shifts away and we'll talk about it in a couple seconds in the news. Mm -hmm. Um, If they shift away from like stick to the plan. I just saw this movie, the killer um, and throughout the entire thing, this guy's mantra, he's constantly saying to himself, stick to the plan, stick to the plan, stick to the plan. Like, Marvel was so good at sticking to the plan Mm -hmm. for so fucking long. Just ride this one out because this is a good thing. Like keep pushing forward in this direction. And there's the rumor that the TVA is going to be involved in Deadpool three, right? Yes, there is. Which could be interesting. Like I would like to see Mobius and B 15 in Deadpool. I think that would be fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if they were fucking around trying to stop incursions and they get to that universe and that's what Deadpool 3 is, that might be fun, right? Like that could be cool. I guess, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Question. I'm not opposed to it. Like, I can't think of any Deadpool time travel stories, but I'm not opposed to it. Like, yeah. He's a fun character you can throw in kind of anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we got our rumor that our boy Tom Womscam from Succession that's the real movie. <laughs> that's a real draw. Yeah. yeah. That that's a real draw is to see 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 Tommy back in action. Um yeah, before wrapping it up for the night, we actually have some real fucking news this week, which is incredible. So let's jump into our uh, our news before calling it an evening. All right. suppose we should do the variety article that came out that, uh, oh man you want to start with the uh start yeah, with the veggies we're gonna dance around the uh the bit where uh, mm-hmm. they realize that the mcu is kind of in trouble and they're floating ideas around about how to deal with like jonathan major's arrest and uh, legal issues in general and uh, i guess they keep throwing the idea of Maybe uh, diverting to Kang, or not to Kang, but to Doctor Doom as the big villain of the saga, or whatever. And that, to me, is very troubling. If it was anything more than just like a, a passing thought, uh, Doom's not someone just like a backup plan. That's someone you should be planning. He's Marvel's most dangerous king villain outside of Magneto, who's the only one that comes close. Uh, hundred and fifty fucking percent. Doom mm-hmm. should not be introduced quickly 
towards the end of a phase. He should yeah. not be Ultron. No Dude, FF in Ultron. the universe yet. It's fucking. We just need someone big, someone with a name value, and mm-hmm. yeah, no, you should that character should be around for about a decade of movies. Yeah, so like um, this past September, I guess they have this uh, Marvel creative retreat in mm-hmm. Palm Springs. And apparently like every other year, the vibe there is like cocky. Like they, they go in there like yeah. they are the absolute shit. We own the industry. But this is the first time in a very long time where they're coming off um, disappointments, not only financially, but like not only critically, but also like fan response, like yeah, yeah. things that people actively do not like on top of a legal scandal involving who they put the weight of these final phases mm-hmm. on the shoulder of. So I don't know where this came from. It was like, all of this is like an insider, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a collection of stories from insiders is what this article seemed to be. Yeah, and the big takeaways from it are not just recasting Jonathan Majors, like not recasting him because mm-hmm. like Disney, they're scared to recast. I guess like since Don That's, Cheadle, it's so absurd. Kenya would be one of the easiest to recast, especially during this saga where it's multiverse nonsense. Con- or should be con- <laughs> uh, they've but- already shown Loki's that look so different from one yeah. another uh, right they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit with ant-man and the wasp quantum mania where they showed us a bunch of gangs and they all got <laughs> their majors but mm-hmm. i don't care just fucking recast it's not a big deal you're already getting more mileage out of gangs than you probably should but it's <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah him but being it- the big bad of the multiverse dog is where they're headed I don't care that Doctor Doom is the villain in Secret Wars in the comics. I the movies aren't the comics, and it makes more narrative sense for it to be Kang. Mm-hmm. And throwing Doom in as a one and done, like Ultron. Mm-hmm. I like Age of Ultron a lot, a lot, right? And yeah. I still think Ultron has potential. Like they're not going back to him. I get it. Like he's expensive to do. Mm-hmm we're probably not going to see Ultron in live action again. Doom is not like that. Like you do no. not throw Doom away. Like he's Malekith. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So then you only have Galactus and like Galactus and then an X-Villains. And yeah. 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 And you mentioned it before. The two most compelling villains in Marvel comic history. Well, I'll put three up there. There's Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. There's Magneto, yes, and there's Kingpin, right? And we'll get to Kingpin in a couple seconds, but we cannot make Kingpin the big bad of a face. Like, <laughs> of the multiverse saga, yeah, yeah, the multiverse saga, yeah. You just yeah. have to get Jason Aaron in there, right? You'll mm-hmm. give him Doom powers, and he'll also mm-hmm. be Galactus somehow. And uh, oh, a, a, a giant yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, the size of a celestial, would be. <laughs> Would be pretty crazy. Um, if he wasn't already playing Kingpin, like uh, him in a purple suit as Galactus, I'd kind of go for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
You do an Eyeless, right? They, yeah, you could do an Eyeless. Yeah, but an Eyeless monster who's just like a generic bug monster villain, and <laughs> who says like annihilate? Like, that's like all he says. Yeah, um, he's all about the cycle of rebirth and annihilation. Yeah, you do Annihilus like a one and done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I dig Annihilus a lot, as you know, but yeah, he's mm-hmm. absolutely a one and done. Yes. Um, a quote in this article from one of the top deal makers who's already seen the Loki finale is mm-hmm. quote, Marvel is truly fucked with the whole Kang angle. <laughs> they haven't had an opportunity to rewrite until very, very recently because of the WGA strike, mm-hmm. but I don't see a path on how they move forward without them. Mm. Yeah. And the other yeah. big takeaway here is, um, <laughs> well, well, getting back the original Avengers because they have no oh, faith yes. in their, yeah. yeah, they have no faith in their new characters at this point where they're saying essentially these new characters aren't a draw. Why aren't these new characters a draw? That's what these mm-hmm. higher ups at Disney are telling Feige and them bring back Robert Downey Jr. Bring back Chris Evans. But yeah. like, they're not a fucking draw because you haven't put them all in a fucking movie together yet. Like, yeah, people like lo- these characters. It's just the stories they've been in haven't always been the greatest. Uh, yeah, think, yeah, that's what it mostly amounts to. Yeah, the first the first Avenger made two hundred million dollars. Yeah, Thor yeah. made one hundred and fifty million dollars, and now like Loki is a marquee fucking idol. Like mm-hmm. Loki is a marquee fucking idol. Yeah, yeah. The characters haven't really had much chance to interact with one another. Um, when they get to on those occasions, people tend to dig it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then people tend to go to whatever's next for that. Like, yeah. not a lot of people went to Iron Man and Iron Man 2, but then after the Avengers, Iron Man 3 made over a billion dollars. The Winter mm-hmm. Soldier made almost a billion dollars. Like, those movies were huge because it felt like a culmination of something. And that's what this attachment came from. Like, I don't know. They put the cart before the horse with announcing all these things. And I mean, it was great for us initially when we (laughs) decided to do this podcast, because we're like, we have Marvel till the end of time, but we don't have Avengers. Yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, I do suspect they'll try to get, there's some of the original Avengers back for uh, the big Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty, wherever the payoff is. Uh, of course, with multiverse stuff, yeah, that that's like a no-brainer for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, in a more permanent basis, I'm not into that idea as much. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of these movies, we don't even know if they're going to happen anymore. Like, mm-hmm. um, like Blade seems to like almost have the plug pulled on it. Completely. Yeah, the uh, there've been a few uh, screenplays of it, and in one of them, he was like the fourth lead in his own movie. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, they're starting completely from scratch now with the new writer. They almost lost Mahershala Ali. It was another article I read. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, that uh, they hired a really good actor, so mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be uh, a big loss. Uh, Slow the fuck down. Stop diluting mm-hmm. the market. Make things special again. I have faith that they can do that. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a matter of are they going to completely panic or someone level-headed going to 
be able to make the decisions that need to mm-hmm. be made. Yeah, they they definitely flooded the market and mm-hmm. made all of this feel less and less special. Yeah, yeah. I suspect but, we won't be getting Wonder Man. I know. I'm kind of bummed about Wonder Man. I suspect <laughs> the, the we won't be spinoff. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Uh, the culmination of the television being a uh, West Coast Avengers. Uh, probably mm. not. Probably not. You know. Before I'm still Vision Quest. Yeah, but I wanted Wonder Man, Kate Bishop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vision Quest and Tigra to all be in their own their own show together. You know. Mm-hmm. Fighting Master Pandemonium, of course. Who else would be available? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've already wasted Doom in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The uh, the big news though is probably the Echo trailer. The uh, surprising big news. Yes, surprising in that it looks kind of good, and we've mostly been negative with all the news about this one. But well, we uh, haven't. The news has been negative. Yes, about this yeah. One. Where it's yeah, we're been less and less optimistic for this one as time went on and uh i liked the amount of uh vincent d'onofrio said in this trailer that's a, a good move mm-hmm. they 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 also announced that this thing is going to launch what's kind of like a new branding for marvel it's going mm-hmm. to be called marvel spotlight which are going to be more grounded street level stories that are within the same continuity but very similar to what netflix had previously done with marvel with those defenders i think that is a really good move um and now this whole release model of doing all of these episodes all at the same time makes a little bit more sense because like i guess that's like how adults watch tv maybe (laughs) i i like i don't know yeah yeah because this thing this trailer is violent. It looks a lot more like Luke Cage and Daredevil than, mm-hmm. than Hawkeye. You know what I mean? And Hawkeye was one of the shows that you and I were really, really hot on. Like still, um, still, still are, yeah. still am. I think I it was a good outing for 90% of it. I have mm-hmm. like minor uh, gripes. Yeah, Echo. I know. One of them was Echo. <laughs> no, no, it's um, the cosplayers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. More minor than, yeah, you know, uh, some of the Echo stuff, yes. Yeah, I I thought Echo was kind of weak on that show, mm-hmm. so I don't know who thought that character popped, and that's what they should do, and that's oh. what they should pursue. That's the thing. I don't think they were going off of any sort of like, oh, we really like this character. And then yes, they ever knew they were going to do this before he even shot anything, I think. That is so bizarre to me. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this trailer shows, one, you mentioned a lot of Vincent D'Onofrio. Like, he basically, well, one, the character fucking doesn't talk. Like, she's she's deaf. And mm-hmm. so all of the dialogue is through D'Onofrio. But the amount of violence in the trailer and the action it's really really cool like yeah and if if we can get punisher if we could get um we'll get a brief glimpse of daredevil he's in like half a uh half, half a, a shot. second yeah half a frame we yeah. can see his new suit that's all mm-hmm. which yeah. is pretty much his old suit but... yeah it's red which yeah. is cool yeah. which is cool happy to see happy to see um 
and hopefully this restructuring, like if this thing delivers and we end up getting born again, the daredevil show being completely redone with the guys who are directing Loki at the helm, that's all positive in my eyes. Yeah. Right. Like maybe something good came from this summit. Who knows? <laughs> like, and this oh, was one of them. Yeah. You mentioned the violence in the trailer. This is supposed to be rated TBMA and that's the other um, MCU first for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping they make use of that. Uh, there's a, a bit of blood in the uh, trailer for sure. There's a good amount of blood. Yeah, in I hope it's not for language. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I'm saying? That's less interesting to me than... Uh, she doesn't talk. She's just constantly giving the finger. She's just going around giving the finger. Yeah, yeah. Real Steve Austin vibe. Just yeah, yeah. just slamming beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. I changed my mind. That's what she should be. They should just change mm-hmm. it. She's really depressed and she develops a drinking problem that makes her extremely charismatic. And- mm-hmm. And and pulls the stunner on all the yeah. bad guys. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, um, and whoops some candy ass. Um, or opens a can of whoop ass. I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, my local deli, by the way, um, Mick Foley is a hometown hero for me over here in Long Island. He grew up in mm-hmm. the same town that I went to high school in, and there's like a really big deli up in that town, and they just fully just got his own sandwich up there um i saw that yeah 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 pretty stoked on that shout out to seaport deli um and catering uh into talk in new york if you want to get the mick foley i don't think i'm going to order it because it's a hamburger and i normally don't order hamburgers at delis um mm. it's got avocado bacon a hamburger and like peanut butter or something. I don't know. Mick Foley's a crazy guy. But um do you want to see Punisher done right? Do you want to see Jessica Jones back? Uh I'd be down for either one of those, honestly. I well, I definitely want to see the Punisher in some capacity. I don't know what I didn't like in the Netflix series with him, even though it was mature. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, yeah. I uh I want to see him if he's murdering a lot of people. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't need much more than that from him. And yeah, Bartol what do you think was a good pick initially? Yeah, he's a great pick. Yeah. What do you What do you think of uh, doing a Jessica Jones Luke Cage show and just calling it Heroes for Hire and just getting it over with? <laughs> like she's a she's a private eye. He's a <laughs> he's the thug. You know. Mm. And most importantly, what do you think about Spider Man? being the yin to the yang in this. Oh, yeah, the street-level hero that make, gets everyone to watch all these shows on <laughs> Well, the, 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 the tone, like, you know, oh, these things are really heavy, and then you have Spider-Man pop up much like he does in the comics, and he teams up with Daredevil, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, Daredevil's fuck-all-serious, and then Spider-Man shows up and, like, farts and swings around and <laughs> makes jokes, you know. I would very much like it. I'd be curious to see if Sony would allow the, him to be used on TV or anything like that. Uh, uh, then yeah. again, movies. Yeah, they like money, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Tom Holland's not getting any younger, is he? He actually might be. He might have re- reverse Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, would like as much Spider-Man as possible, even though I yeah. don't read Spider-Man comics uh, modern day anymore, just because there's, there's a lot of them. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd rather just watch, read something I haven't read before. Or mm-hmm. It's new and fresh. But There's a new Ultimate Universe and it's pretty good. Jonathan Hickman's writing it. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. The first issue of it came out yet? Or? Yeah, it came out this week. It was really good. Oh, hey. I'll have to see about checking it out. Hickman's back, baby. Um, to make something work. There's so many charts. There are so many charts. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I'll post some of them if you want to follow us on our social media at the mm-hmm. MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place that Kira Travis and I have started to discuss any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Marvel Ultimate Universe, Jonathan Hickman's charts, John Bernthal's uh, muscles, you name it. Uh, you can also email us at MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast at gmail.com. Please remember whatever platform you're listening to this on to follow, subscribe, rate leave a review all of those things go a very long way next week we have the season finale of loki next week we also have the much uh i almost said much anticipated i don't know if anyone's anticipating it other than us but the marvels comes out <laughs> next week we have a new marvel movie always exciting it's wonderful how much press it's been getting especially with the actors really out mm. there steamrolling the press circuit <laughs> yeah. as hard as they can pound in the pavement out there um those fucking scabs but uh no we have a lot of marvel coming up and i'm really excited for us to be talking about that with all of that being said my name is john i'm travis wow.